Awesome. Hello. Uh, welcome. My name is Michael. Um, I am a history major, currently a senior. I got one more quarter, but I will call myself a senior for uh, convenience. Um, and this is my podcast. I don't have a name for it so far. Hopefully by the end of the episode, I can come up with one. Um, and this will be an ongoing project that I will be uh, doing for a while in order to fulfill my 10 hours of my creative project for History 115, Comedy in the City. Uh, and I'm excited. Um, you know, this creative project, um, there, this is an interesting concept or interesting, you know, um, schoolwork probably the most interesting thing that I will do this quarter, um, maybe even this entire year, um, especially since, you know, we are going in an online school um, and just having this freedom to uh, express myself in different ways. That's not like papers or essays or research topics and whatnot. Um, so I'm excited to do this. Um, and that being said, let me introduce you to what I'll be doing. Um, so like I said, I'll be doing a podcast. I don't know how many right now. Um, I do have to complete 10 hours, which would probably include planning, researching, recording, uploading, whatnot. Hopefully I'm planning on doing it around six. Um, and each time I will try to cover uh, different topics, you know, like I said, I, I, I kind of didn't want to just make it, you know, really dry and talk about the readings that we have to do or talk about or summarize the, the lecture. Um, and in essence, I guess I'll be doing that in a little bit, you know, um, just it being an academic class and it being an academic project, I guess I will, uh, I am almost, um, I guess in a way, uh, I have to, you know, um, but that being said, I want to make this as interesting as possible, especially since this isn't a quote unquote um, formal or academic paper. Um, so I want to include some questions and some comments that are not necessarily, uh, you know, not maybe not even necessarily related to the, the material that we're covering in class. But I'll try to think outside of the box and, you know, try to come up with something interesting or something abstract to think about and to ask and to ask myself and post to whoever is listening. Um, so basically what I'm planning on doing is for the structure of the podcast, some, some weeks, some episodes, I think there will be a recap of the theme of the reading that we're doing or the, the theme that's covered in the lectures. And for other weeks, you know, if there isn't a certain theme that I want to go over, maybe it'll be an interesting question that I came up with while doing the readings or while listening to the lectures. Um, and I think in, you know, to make it a quote unquote, a real podcast, I will be starting off each time with a check-in question that's related to the class or comedy or something interesting in general. Um, and the goal for this project is to compare the historical plays and the comedies that we go over in class and relate it to modern day examples or examples that are relevant to me. Um, I think that'll be interesting. And hopefully these examples that I come up with are relevant to the listeners as well that would be awesome but if not you guys will i guess you know worst comes to worst learn a lot more about me um than maybe some of you guys want anyways um and last but not least um i i hopefully i can bring on some guests maybe some friends maybe some classmates um that's a long shot i know everybody's busy 
Um, so I don't even know if that'll happen, but if it does happen, awesome. Um, that being said, uh, we should probably get started on the meat of the, uh, the podcast. So like I said, I want to start off with a check-in question. And today's check-in question is super simple. Um, and it's basically asking myself, oh, what is your favorite comedy? Um, and to be honest, I had to think pretty hard about this one just because uh, uh, I think there are so many different methods and uh, mediums in which comedy can be portrayed, especially nowadays with our phones, with movies and whatnot. Um, so when I thought comedy, the first couple things that I thought of were stand-up comedy that you would go see um, in theaters or, you know, virtually through your phones. Then I also thought of movies. Uh, there are a lot of comedian movies out there that I do enjoy. Some of them are, um, you know, I think especially now there are comedies or comedic relief that is kind of thrown in even in more serious films or even in more serious TV shows. Um, and then the last thing that I did think of was like memes. Um, I personally do enjoy looking at memes, finding memes memeing memeing things um i'm a big sports fan so i love the memes that come from like sporting events um i also like uh sorry for my language but i do like shit posting which is kind of uh 21st century gen z type of humor where you kind of kind of throw everything onto a digital template and it's comedy you know i, I like that it's you know open to interpretation i like that you know sometimes you know, it doesn't really take much thought to create, but to the viewer's eyes, it's it's insane. It's hard to, you know, decode. Um, and I think this will be a topic that I'll be covering in later episodes, but, you know, can, can, can comedy be withstanding of time? And I think in this case for these like quote unquote shit posts, I don't know, it, it might be hard. It's hard for me to understand sometimes too. And without context, I think it'll be nearly impossible to, you know, decode as uh, future historians or future um, comedy enjoyers. But it's an interesting thought to think about. Um, I went a little bit off track, but to answer the question that I posed, uh, I would probably say, I would, I, I would say it would be like, uh, comedic tv shows uh i've recently started um this show it's an old one um it's 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 a sitcom i i i do love sitcoms i i, I love friends i love uh shows like parks and rec uh, i love this new one called or not new but this uh, more recent one called broad city which is uh you know, it, it's based on events uh, that are happening in New York City, which is always interesting. Um, I like, uh, I do like The Office, um, but I think if I had to pick like a favorite form of comedy, it would probably be, be like Korean sitcoms, Korean dramas that um, I think a specific one that I really enjoy is called uh, uh, High Kicking Through the Roof, which is almost a slice of life day-to-day -day event of a Korean family that's living in Korea and they kind of go through some insane stuff throughout their day throughout their life and it's kind of shown in almost a diary form um it's very funny there are a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of goofy moments but there it's also very heartwarming which I do enjoy in a uh, in, in in comedy for sure I, I I think having some sort of um contrasting 
emotion besides just laughing is important for me in a comedy. Um, yeah, I guess I spent a little bit long on the introduction this time. Hopefully it won't be as long in the future, but let's, you know, let us get to our main event, which is talking about uh, this episode's uh, theme. So for this theme, I'm basing it off of lecture from week one. Um, so in week one, we went over Aristophanes um, and uh, his two older, I think one of it being the oldest surviving play, it was mentioned in the lecture, it, uh, called the Carnian and the, 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 the following comedy, which is called The Night. And, you know, um, kind of explaining it through historical context but also trying to kind of decode the motive for the two plays, um, which is an important question because when you think comedy, you know, you don't really necessarily think of uh, uh, it, 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 it needing a motive, you know, sometimes comedy or a laughter or humor is, you know, it's just there. It's meant for people to laugh and have fun, but um in, in in another sense, I think comedy, especially satire, is important for uh, social commentary, for political commentary, to criticize someone uh, or something or some institution or some structure, um, which in essence is what Aristophanes is doing with this uh, his comedic plays, Arcanian and the Night. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, so uh, I think we should start off with talking about the Arcanian. So the Arcanian, as aforementioned, is the oldest surviving play um, by Aristophanes. Um, and in my research within the lecture and just online, I found out that there are two potential, or not potential, I guess, I guess it's pretty widely known, but two motives or some historical context behind uh, both plays actually, but specifically Arcanian. So um, while this play was being written by Aristophanes um, in Athens, you know, the, the, the Peloponnesian War was raging on between the Athenians and the Spartans. Um, and due to the Spartan military power, the Athenians were often uh, forced to live within their walls, which created a, a war of attrition um, in which the Spartans would try to you know, starve out those in Athens by cutting off supplies, by cutting off naval supplies and naval abilities, and um, basically kind of uh, forcing them or imprisoning them within their own city. Um, and obviously, due to the the climate of the war, there would be some you know political political uh, arguments, um, some disagreements between views. Um, and during that time, the the Athenian um, general and uh, an Athenian politician by the name of Cleon. Uh, he was, you know, subject of Aristophanes criticism um, within these plays. Um, and the play Arcanian, you know, um, it talks about the war and it criticizes the, the decisions that, are, that were made by the upper ups um, who Aristophanes uh, basically called, um, let, me, let me find, they called wicked, quote, like wicked little men of counterfeit kind, unquote. Um, and by this, I mean, is that, so in, in the film, 
just like the Athenian war against the Spartans, um, there are a war, the Arcanians um, that are peacefully living within their cities. And they express, you know, a, a hatred towards their enemies who are destroying their ways of life and their children and their families are dying of starvation just due to this war and this war of attrition, um, which is uh, very parallel to the war that is happening between Athenians and Spartans, which is important to note. Um, and to put it short, because I don't want to spend the entire time, you know, going over or summarizing the play. Um, Aristophanes criticized the Athenian leadership by criticizing the leadership of the Arcanians within the play. Um, and specifically, uh, it's, very, it's made very clear that he's making fun of Cleon, or the aforementioned leader. Um, and you might ask, like, why, are, why is he making fun of Cleon? Um, and what has he done to deserve this, you know, this, this you know, form of humiliation in a way? Um, and, you know, in essence, there are two reasons. So one, Cleon, who was a general as well as a politician, was an, a war hawk. Um, and this, is, uh, this comes from the lecture specifically. And he used very aggressive offensive tactics in the war that put a lot of Athenian people's lives in danger. Um, and worst of all, a lot of these reasons for the war and for battles uh, were you know, done in done for personal reasons, for personal gains, um, whether it be pride or whether it be money. And the Athenians knew that, and so did Aristophanes. Um, and the general consensus around Athenians, according to uh, some materials that I researched and according to the lecture, is that they did not like Cleon. Um, you know, you know, basically, he was a hypocrite who was putting the, 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 the members of Athenian uh, the, the polis through war for his personal reasons and he himself, you know, kind of hiding in the back uh, um, who Aristophanes called wicked little men of a counterfeit kind, um, you know, which is, which is quite, quite the, quite the, quite the sentiment because, you know, he's not criticizing the Spartans you know, which are in essence the enemies of the Athenians, but instead he's criticizing the upper echelon, the the the, the leadership of Athena, of Athens. I mean, sorry. Um, and you know, he 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 basically asks, like, what are the motives of these influential men like Leon? Um, and he presents this like anti-war argument um, that asks those watching, be like, oh, like, what is the reason for this? What are we as Athenians gaining from this? compared to what are what what is you know Cleon getting from this like what's the reason for him to conduct this war and what do we as Athenians get to say about that um yeah so it was an important uh work that work that looked to criticize the 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 leadership specifically Cleon and obviously Cleon didn't like that so he he persecuted Aristophanes and or the producer of the comedy you know, um, he was like, hey, like, why are you doing this? Like, this is an unfair depiction of me, unfair depiction of the polis, and unfair depiction of the leadership, you know, like, what says you? And in, in response to that, which is uh, <laughs> pretty badass, in my opinion, he comes up with um, his second uh, political satire or comedy by the name of The Knights, 
um, which in essence talks about Baflagonian, who is a very exaggerated, very comical monster figure uh, that that was clear to a lot of people that it was a direct parallel to Cleon. Um, basically, the, the 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 protagonist of the night fights the quote unquote uh, Cleon or Thaflagonian in this case, I guess, um, in order to uh, in order in, in in order to gain approval of a person called Demos, which is an elderly man, and basically it. It, it symbolized demos, meaning the people in Greek. It symbolized the the power struggle between Cleon and Aristophanes, you know, uh, to gain the the support of Athenians, and in end, in, in the end, uh, uh, the, the 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 protagonist of the the night, whose name is um, Agoracritus, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, he emerges triumphant and basically restores demos to his former glory. Um, you know, this is pretty symbolic. I would say this is almost a direct attack against Cleon. And um, in, in, in my research there, uh, the summary of the plot, the night, uh, there are uh, the names, the Cleon is used throughout uh, the summary. It's, it's never used in the play, but, it, it, but it's very clear that Aristophanes was trying to compare Faflagonian to Cleon and the the protagonist Agora Curtis used, you know, in essence, comparing it to himself or anyone else that stepped up to kind of challenge the the regime of Cleon and his warmongering ways, um, you know, to restore the people of Athens. Um, and you know, I I I I found this these two plays very interesting, not only because one they were the oldest plays known to mankind or oldest comedy known to mankind, sorry, that are at least recorded. Um, but in essence, these are these are these are beef, you know. Um, Aristophanes had beef with Cleon, um, and other members, uh, other leadership, other members of uh, Athens that held leadership and that. Uh, look to continue the war between the Spartans. Um, and to me, that was that was very uh, refreshing to look at in a way. Um, you know, when you think of comedy, you think of, just, you know, it being kind of lighthearted, you know, haha, let's get in some laughs. But in this case, it's, it's conflict. It's, you know, it's representing the anti-war sentiments and the will to restore Athens to its former glory um, by Aristophanes. And it, you know, it seemed to have reflect the, the will of the people, which is very cool, which is a very democratic. Um, and it made me think of a lot of modern day comparisons. Um, I think the first thing I immediately thought of was the, the the quote-unquote beef that our former president Donald Trump had with a lot of people on Twitter, um, as ridiculous that it might that that it might sound right now, uh, there were a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, films and memes and videos and photos that were that looked to criticize and make fun of Donald Trump and his regime and his other and his uh, gang of goons within the White House, um, you know, to criticize him but also to make fun of him 
in which in a sense kind of creates this dynamic of a beef or a conflict um which i absolutely adore by the way i love conflict i may be chaotic um but uh conflict and beef and you know the sense of fighting whether it be good versus evil or whatever is just very interesting to me um but but yeah this 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 these two plays by aristophanes and i think this is a, a, a recurring theme for aristophanes you know him getting into trouble um later on with other people about his work and about how uh his satirical material is it appropriate is it you know even legal like can he do this can he get away with this i think this is something that uh um, that is discussed even now, like, was he valid in, you know, criticizing, you know, Cleon and other people along the, along the line that we will mention later on in other episodes. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't know, I would say, yeah, he is, in my opinion, just because, uh, you know, satire is a very important component of, um, social commentary for nonviolent ways of protesting um that being said you know comedy can be very disparaging due to its uh very nature of over aggrandizing or um what's the word i guess kind of over exaggerating a lot of the characters or the things that they're trying to satirize um which can be a problem i definitely do agree um you know and in this case it was very appropriate um i mean and if I did put myself in Cleon's shoes, I would be pretty offended. And, you know, I would challenge the claims that, you know, Aristophanes basically made in his two plays. But as if I put myself in the shoes that I am right now as a commoner, I would, I would, I would very much appreciate uh, the comedic relief as well as the, 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 the criticism that these two plays bring. Um, but back on to some other forms of comedic satire that we see today that I really enjoy. Um, I, 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 I enjoy the work of uh, John Oliver. Um, I'm, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He is a, what, what would I say? It's hard to <laughs> describe describe uh what he is but i would say he is a talk show host in which he um hosts a series that kind of reviews or recaps the the weekly things that are happening around the world in a um satirical way there is a lot of dry humor a lot of satire a lot of passive aggressive aggrandism within the show that i really enjoy um and, you know, he does it in a way where he kind of directly criticizes what he's trying to criticize, but doesn't necessarily step the line, but still gets his message across. Um, you know, he, he, I, I really do enjoy watching his work, and that's something that I thought of while reading the, the plays and while watching the lecture. Um, and it was really interesting to see that that form of satire has carried on throughout history um in different forms might i say uh well you know for aristophanes it would be in plays you know but in essence like theater plays um it's not the biggest form of medium for a lot of people right now i would say right now it would be you know tv shows uh late night news 
memes, social media, you know, different methods, you know, the, 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 the era of technology has opened up the doors for many different uh, producers and content creators to come up with their own stuff, which can be good, can be bad, but it is interesting to see that that form of satire, this form of comedy has continued on and is still um, a very important uh, aspect of our society, of our entertainment um, media today which I found uh, to be very cool um, and very relatable. So, you know, while kind of thinking about these two plays and the lecture, there, there were some questions that I wanted to pose for myself and possibly for whoever is listening. And the first question that I thought of is, you know, is comedy a valid method of criticism, whether it be satire or whatnot? Um, and, 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 if it is, when is it valid? And if it's not, when is it not valid? Um, and the reason I say this is, especially now, like I said, like I mentioned before, with this new wave of technology where, you know, everybody that has the means that has access to a phone or a computer can make and can create these um, these comedic satires, these comedic uh, uh um, material that can criticize anything and everyone, you know, um, and, you know, can, is it still a valid method of criticism, a valid method of social commentary? Though a simple question, I wanted to provide a couple examples to kind of um, explain both sides, and maybe I will kind of come up with my own conclusion. So in short, the answer that I kind of came up with is yes and no. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, pretty straightforward, actually. But let me explain myself. So what I mean by that is, yeah, there are some times there's some materials that most definitely need or is even suited for satire. Um, it, the comedic relief that it brings, it makes it uh, more tangible and more applicable to a lot of people that aren't necessarily invested into the topic. Um, which I think is an awesome way to kind of explain uh, some of the things that are going around in the world. Um, and also just lighthearted films that don't real that aren't necessarily super controversial, um, such as like Ted or Grown Ups. I don't know if they're like the best example of comedy. Um, I do enjoy what I, I did enjoy watching Ted. It was it was very funny, very lighthearted. Um, anywho, but yeah, I would say those are some valid methods. Um, and I'll be providing some examples later on. But at the same time, there are certain topics or certain materials that should not be uh, subject to humor or to be made fun of. And there are materials that are made that I personally find to be a little bit offensive and maybe I'm being a little hypocritical like where am I drawing the line um but I guess it is my own opinion so I am um uh you know I, I shouldn't be uh, overthinking it too much as it is my own opinion and I am uh it is my it is my right to express it but that is that so yeah let me let me explain myself in more detail um so let me explain the yes side first. Okay, so yes, satire and comedy is needed and is a valid method of criticism for 
honestly, a lot of the time, um, you know, we do live in America. So I'm going to place myself in an American context because I, I am a student that is currently living in America. I know it is different around the world and it would be inappropriate for me to pretend that I know what or what, you know, what censorship is like in each country or uh, what can I say without getting in trouble in certain countries. So I'm going to, you know, just talk about like, talk like I'm living in America, which I am. Um, so that'll be that. But I would say in America, we have the right to, you know, criticize anything and anyone, which is awesome. Um, we are protected by that under the constitution, as long as, you know, um, it isn't malicious. So I, I immediately thought of, um, you know, the, 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 the concept of libel, um, where, you know, if, as a public figure, such as uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Mike Pence, I'm just naming off politicians, but other actors, actresses, you know, other public figures are all subject to it. But, you know, they have, they can be criticized. Um, and in order for them to claim that it is libel, it is a very long and arduous process in which they have to claim that one, it's false, and two, that it's malicious, which is, um, you know, shouldn't be too hard to do as long as you double check and as long, it, 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 in short, it's very hard for a content creator to get in trouble for the material that they make when they are criticizing a public figure. For a private figure, it's a little bit harder. So you have to prove that um, that it, or you have to prove that it isn't malicious and that it isn't false. Whereas for a public figure, you just have to prove that it isn't false. Let me, let me correct myself there. So I would say in America, like I said before, you know, we are open to criticize whoever we want. And, and to keep it honest, there are a lot of things to be criticized. Um, and I keep harping on Donald Trump, which, uh, I will probably continue to do so, but he was someone that was very heavily criticized throughout the country for every action that he did. I can think of a lot of SNL skits where they imitated a lot of the controversial things he has said. Um, and there are a lot of comics, a lot of memes, a lot of uh, videos that kind of portray some of the crappy things he has done within his tenure as the president uh, of America. Um, a lot of things that he's done, such as the travel ban or, you know, claiming uh, malicious things about immigrants and, um, you know, his whole whole phrase of making America great again. Those are some things that have been criticized in a uh, comedic method, um, which I think is extremely valid. Um, you know, the, the symbol like a red hat that is brought up. Uh, when talking about Donald Trump and his presidency that says make America great again. You know, it, it's something that has been made fun of countless times throughout different social media platforms. And I think it's hilarious. I think it's needed because in my opinion, I think it is a symbol of hatred. Um, and you might disagree, but like I said, this is my opinion. And, um, and to be honest, there are a lot of things to kind of back that sentiment up, which makes it uh, a valid form of criticism. And this is how people kind of portray their uh, their frustrations of what is being what is happening around America, um, and I think it's some sometimes you know very applicable to people to especially younger people that don't know a lot about politics or international relations. Um, and in essence, these satires 
kind of simplify things to a point where it's applicable and that it's easy to understand. Therefore, they would more like they're more less more likely to get more invested in the topic and do some more research about it. I would say it it creates uh in that in that way it would create a lot of um political awareness in my opinion, whether it be right or wrong, and it is up to the person to fact check and to you know do their own research and come up with their own opinion. But it is a very good leeway into uh, starting to become interested in more heavier or more serious and more harder topics. So I would say in that case, those are some valid methods or some valid times where uh, satire is important and crucial to you know preserving democracy in a way. And other times I think you know, there are certain movies that criticize uh, certain celebrities or, you know, some outlandish people uh, such as like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs and whatnot, or Jeff Bezos, you know, that kind of, you know, or Elon Musk that, and, and there's some material that criticize them. And though they, you know, it isn't necessarily political and sometimes they make fun of things such as their divorce or their marital problems, you know, is that appropriate? And, in my opinion, I don't know. It, to me, I, I, I do find it funny. Um, and as public figures who, whose life has been, you know, leaked to the public, um, as, as the title might suggest, as a public figure, um, you know, can they be made fun of? And I would say, yeah. Um, is it affecting them in a serious way? Not necessarily. Um, they are multi-billionaires that, uh, you know, chose their... Uh, life to become a public figure um, and it isn't necessarily making or poking fun at something that is serious and you know it's it'd be one thing to make fun of uh, a, a relative who has passed away but to make fun of their their uh, sorry to pick on Jeff Bezos but his hair or his, the fact that his wife broke up with them I think those are some valid methods of uh, satire or even just comedic relief that, you know, is valid within society, within American society. Um, to turn a leaf on that note, uh, what are some times that it isn't necessarily appropriate? Um, like I said before, uh, you know, everything deserves to be, or not deserves, but everything can be criticized, you know, in our society. Um, but there are certain things that, in my opinion, that should not be commodified or uh, made into a comedy. And the first thing that I immediately thought of was, you know, George Floyd um, and his case and just the countless number of police brutality that are um, Black Americans that are subject to. Um, and just talking specifically about the George Floyd case, I think there have been you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of videos and pictures made to, you know, it, it, in essence, they are criticizing the, the, the movement, the, the, the police, the, the law enforcement that have, you know, carried on, you know, countless years of institutional racism, but by, 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 by portraying this, the, his death through a comedic relief to sell to other people, you know, you're basically commodifying and selling black trauma it's traumatizing to a lot of americans specifically black americans um you know watching the death unfold 
whether it be you know the actual video or whether it be just you know actors playing their part or um you know i i, I think those are some times where you know comedy should not be needed to criticize something i think it should be talked about in a very serious manner um where you know, um, one person to another person can talk about it without needing comedic relief, without needing the laughter. It, the comedy itself serves no purpose in that conversation. And it honestly works to harm um, many Americans, in my opinion. Um, and I think those are some times where uh, comedy should not be used to, you know, talk about a, a social matter. Um, and another you know, time where I find myself kind of turned off by, you know, a, a quote-unquote comedic film or material is uh, movies or shows that kind of perpetuate a racial or a gender stereotype um, when it isn't necessary. Not, not that it's ever necessary, but there are certain shows that really push the lines as to, wow, like, is this racist or is this sexist? Um, and an example that I thought of was the movie The Interview, um, which looks to criticize the North Korean regime and depict Kim Jong-un to the American public, which in itself is totally fine, um, you know. Yeah, I think it is widely known that the North Korean regime has been a uh, has been uh, terrible and has been very uh, dictatorial. Um, but the Orientalism that is shown in this satirical depiction of North Korea and the North Korean government and Kim Jong Un is very offensive, at least to me. Um, and there are certain examples that are brought up within the movie, such as the use of like broken English it um the the accents that are used for the actors and the movies even for some of the the protagonists that are used um and a lot of a lot of a lot of words that stereotypically asian american people say such as reversing the r's and l's or dropping certain articles such as the or ah um you know and a, a specific quote that i picked up from a, a website is you know Skylark, you skateboard agent. Um, and I think just lines like that are so harmful to me um, because is it really needed to criticize Kim Jong-un and the North Korean regime? Like what, I, I, I get that it's trying to be funny, but is it necessary? Is it, you know, even funny to a lot of people? To be honest, I don't know. And personally, um, I don't think so. Um, and there are other parts in the movie where they kind of mistaken Japanese and Chinese and Korean and kind of mix up those languages by saying, oh, like, you know, in essence, all Asian people are the same. And I think it's just a very inappropriate and toxic method of, uh, of comedy that, is, that isn't necessary when criticizing something, and especially when it comes to criticizing the North Korean government, um, you know. And maybe this is my personal opinion, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some people do find it necessary. Um, but personally, for me, I, I, I would say, oh, uh, just comedic things that rely overtly on racism, sexism, um, homophobia, uh, transphobia, um, xenophobia, a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of things that's 
spew hatred and unnecessary hatred, I think it's inappropriate in my uh, personal opinion. Um, and you know, it, co- comedy is such a such a such a hard topic to kind of talk about. To, to you know, kind of draw the distinction between what's quote unquote right and what's quote unquote wrong, because just the very nature of comedy is to dramatize and to exaggerate the person or the thing or the institution that's being criticized or that's being talked about. Um, so it is very hard to draw the line, but and I guess it is different for each people. But in my opinion, there are certain forms of comedy or certain things certain tropes that you know that have been existing for way too long that should be you know in my opinion dropped um i think we are past the stage where we have to rely on racism or sexism or homophobia to kind of you know make people laugh i think uh that is my personal opinion on that um wow that you know i think that basically concludes uh the first episode um which is uh, very cool. Um, I'm very happy. I'm also very tired. My throat is sore um, from just from all the rehearsing and the talking and the voice practices that I did before recording this. Um, but that being said, um, you know, this is the first of hopefully many. Like I said, I'm planning on doing at least six, so five more from now. Um, you know, um, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about next in my next topic, but... I think I would try to continue this format on. And just because this is a working project, maybe um, I'll change the format on as we go. But um, yeah, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Hopefully everyone's quarter has been great so far and I will see you next time. Bye.